When faced with SAP's current set of bribery violations stretching into various countries, DOJ had an opportunity to speak in an aggressive voice, impose a significant penalty, impose an independent compliance monitor, and follow on criminal prosecutions against major individual violators. They should have acted with a bang. Instead, they closed out this case with a whimper. So don't kid yourself. DOJ is turning its focus and pulling back on FCPA enforcement. At the same time, they're getting ready to ramp up sanctions enforcement. Global companies face unprecedented risks and challenges in today's economy. To mitigate these legal and economic risks, companies are rapidly embracing and elevating the importance of robust ethics and compliance programs to promote positive corporate citizenship. On Corruption, Crime, and Compliance, you'll hear from industry leaders and insiders about how to create effective ethics and compliance programs that will mitigate risks and maximize financial performance. Here's your host, Michael Volkov. Welcome, everyone, and Happy New Year. We're going to start off the year on the FCPA front with the big FCPA case, SAP, just recently announced. SAP is no stranger to U.S. enforcement agencies. In 2021, SAP resolved DOJ charges for $8 million for sanctions violations. Five years earlier, in 2016, SAP resolved FCPA charges with the SEC and agreed to pay approximately $3.8 million for bribery in Panama. In the recent case, SAP agreed to a three-year deferred prosecution agreement in exchange for the payment of approximately $220 million in penalties for bribe payments made to South African and Indonesian government officials. DOJ's resolution includes a criminal penalty of $108 million and forfeiture of $103 million, along with a credit of $55 million against amounts paid by SAP to South African law enforcement authorities and the full forfeiture amount against disgorgement. SAP pays to the SEC, or South African authorities. DOJ decided not to impose an independent compliance monitor. In South Africa, from 23 to 2017, SAP bribed local government, national electricity, and water authority officials to secure valuable contracts. In Indonesia, SAP bribed officials from 2015 to 2018 to secure valuable contracts from the Ministry of Maritime Affairs and Fisheries and the state-owned telecommunications industry. The SEC's order identified additional bribery schemes beyond South Africa and Indonesia to include Malai, Kenya, Tanzania, Ghana, and Azerbaijan. Now, applying the DOJ corporate enforcement policy, SAP earned a 40% discount from the applicable guidelines range, given its cooperation and timely remediation. They did not voluntarily disclose the conduct that started through South African press reports. And SAP's cooperation included production of documents, making employees and officers available, and translating a large number of foreign language documents. DOJ cited SAP for imaging the telephones of various employments at the outset of the investigation to preserve electronic communications data for review as part of the investigation. DOJ also reduced the applicable criminal penalty in accordance with the pilot program for compensation, incentives, and clawbacks. They credited $109,141 because they clawbacked or withheld bonuses from individuals who were involved. Interesting case. Now, 
let's talk about some of the specific facts, and then I want to comment on this overall prosecution and settlement because it raises a bunch of interesting issues. First, let's go through South African briberies. Between 2013 and 2017, SAP and four employees, along with third-party intermediaries, executed various bribery schemes in South Africa involving the city of Johannesburg, the Department of Water and Sanitation, the city of Tshwane, and Eskom Holdings, which was also involved in the AB&B case at the end of 2022. In August 2016, SAP secured a valuable software and professional services contract by paying bribes to a Johannesburg city official. Two SAP employees confirmed in a text message that they would pay a bribe in exchange for the award of the contract. Subsequently, one of the employees arranged for payment of approximately $155,000 through a third party to the city of Johannesburg's political party bank account, which it then was passed to the particular official. The payment was recorded in SAP's books as a sales commission payment. In November 2016, SAP, with the assistance of two employees, paid a bribe through a different third-party intermediary to a water services official to secure a software and services contract. They paid a bribe of $215,000 to the official. SAP employees disguised the bribes by paying two separate third parties a 14.9% commission on the contract as a means to funnel the bribe to the government official. SAP conducted limited due diligence of one of the two third parties, which revealed that the third party did not have requisite experience in the industry or even financial qualifications to satisfy the SAP's due diligence requirements. The 14.9% commission was just below the threshold required for higher level approval by SAP, indicating the intent to circumvent, obviously, the third party due diligence controls. SAP engaged three other intermediaries and charged them with seeking additional contracts by funneling high commission payments to the intermediaries to fund bribery payments to secure such business. These payments were not supported by appropriate invoices documenting any actual work provided by the intermediary. Also, SAP used two other intermediaries to secure business from ESCOM, South Africa's state-owned company, using the same bribery schemes. In December of 2014, SAP closed also on a $4.4 million contract with Transnet, a state-owned rail and logistics company, with the assistance of a third-party intermediary, a South African tech company, with a reputation for corruption. The intermediary was paid a 10% commission and provided no actual work. And the intermediary made the bribe payments through a loan payment to an individual known for paying bribes. SAP used another intermediary to secure a September 2015 contract valued at $6.58 million with Transnet, and they paid the second intermediary a $1 million commission to funnel the bribe payment to a Transnet official. That's South Africa. Let's go to Indonesia. Between 2015 and 2018, SAP paid bribes with the assistance of third parties to Indonesian government officials for contracts. In June 2018, an SAP employee and an Indonesian consultant coordinated bribes for multiple Indonesian officials at the KKP. I'm not going to even try to pronounce this. The Indonesian Ministry of Maritime Affairs and Fisheries. The bribes ranged between $3,600 and $5,040 and were paid in cash. In March 2018, SAP obtained multiple contracts to provide 
software services to Balai. I'm not going to try to pronounce this one either. BP3TI, an Indonesian state-owned and state-controlled telecommunications and information accessibility agency. An SAP employee arranged for a government official and a family member to travel to the United States and paid for shopping trips to purchase handbags, keychains, novelties, gifts, and other items. The SAP employee had a budget of $10,000 for the shopping trip over a five-day visit. The SAP employee also purchased a luxury watch for the government official. And just to be a little bit more flagrant here, the SAP employee sent SAP colleagues pictures of the shopping trip. Thank you very much for creating the evidence for the government prosecutors. SAP and Indonesian Intermediary One used fake training invoices to issue payments that created slush funds to pay bribes, and employees at the Indonesian Intermediary created shell companies to generate these false expenses. Some of the false invoices generated kickback payments to employees at the Indonesia intermediary, and others generated cash payments for government officials and bribery payments as well. Indonesian Intermediary One and an SAP account executive also paid for golfing excursions for officials at PT Pertamina, a state-owned oil and natural gas corporation, the benefits were provided to obtain a 2017 contract, which included maintenance services related to licenses valued at $13 million. WhatsApp chats also indicate that others at SAP and employees at various value-added resellers discuss requests to pay for meals and travel expenses for employees of public sector customers. Now let's look at greater African bribery. Now this was only cited in the SEC's case and not included in DOJ's. DOJ's again only focused on Indonesia as well as South Africa. But in greater Africa in the SEC's order, SAP used resellers to conduct business through greater Africa, including a Zimbabwe-based reseller. And they call them GA Intermediary One that was used to conduct business in Malawi, Tanzania, Ghana, and Kenya. The intermediary engaged in bid rigging and arranged corrupt payments to government officials in connection with SAP deals in all four countries between 2014 and 2018. The intermediary helped SAP to procure tender documents early on to obtain a December 2017 contract with the government of Malawi valued at $1.4 million in exchange for improper payments to the government officials. And the intermediary used this access to influence the outcome of the tender in SAP's favor. In Tanzania, with the assistance of the same intermediary, SAP paid bribes to win a tender for a sales contract and a subsequent June 2016 contract with the Tanzania Ports Authority. Again, SAP obtained early access to tender materials on a thumb drive, followed up with payment of additional bribes to help SAP win the tender. SAP worked with two intermediaries to pursue a 2016 contract with the Ghanaian National Petroleum Corporation, GNPC, valued at $1.2 million. The second intermediary was unqualified for the project and was retained only for its political connections. The same Zimbabwe intermediary tried to win the contract by offering to pay a company associated with a government official 40% of the total D value. And unfortunately, the intermediary was not successful in securing that deal, but nonetheless shows you the circumvention of controls, and this is why the SEC focused on it. SAP Africa also used the same intermediary to improperly influence a tender by the Kenya 
Revenue Authority, and the SAP violated its own internal controls regarding due diligence and the retention of the third party and ignored repeated red flags, indicating that the intermediary was funneling money to make improper payments. Lastly, there was Azerbaijan bribery cited by the SEC, and this will sound to you like small potatoes, but it again is a reminder on gifts, meals, and entertainment. An SAP employee provided improper gifts to government officials in connection with a May 22 contract with the state-owned oil company of the Republic of Azerbaijan, Sokar, valued at $1.6 million. The employee provided improper gifts in December 2021 and January 2022 to multiple SOCAR officials in an effort to close the deal. The gifts totaled approximately $3,000. Now, why is that such a big deal? Well, it's well above SAP's gift limit of $30. The employee also prepared a faked act of acceptance between SOCAR and SAP, which she submitted to the SAP contract booking team so that she could get paid a commission bonus before she was promoted and transferred to a new area and wouldn't get that credit. Anyways, an interesting, interesting case and one that I think requires further discussion. And I wanted to go through the facts first to set up what my premise of the problem here is. Now, a careful reading of the DOJ and SEC settlement documents for the SAP case is going to puzzle you. And frankly, I'm scratching my head to make sense of the picture here. There are a number of important points here for compliance with regard to the software industry, but I'm trying to make sense of the SAP enforcement action. So let's break down the specific lessons learned. First off, DOJ's contradictory approach, or they seem to be walking away from some of their aggressive statements with regard to recidivists. DOJ has pushed two specific messages on FCPA enforcement. First, this administration elevated anti-corruption enforcement to a national security issue. As part of this effort, DOJ adopted robust changes to the corporate enforcement programming targeting recidivists for aggressive treatment. Second, sing but in a contradictory way, since at least late 2022, DOJ has walked back from this position by revealing in practice that it does not intend to adhere strictly to many of its policy pronouncements. This walk back has been accelerated by DOJ's adoption of changes designed to encourage voluntary disclosures of potential violations. And it began with the ABB enforcement action at the end of 2022, in which ABB, a three-time FCPA violator, earned a favorable resolution of its situation. The SAP resolution, which totals only $220 million, was far below the amount that a recidivist should have paid for its global bribery operations stretching into multiple countries. In 2016, SAP resolved an FCPA enforcement action with the FCC. Five years later, SAP resolved a large sanctions case with DOJ for numerous violations of the Iran sanctions program. When faced with SAP's current set of bribery violations stretching into various countries, DOJ had an opportunity to speak in an aggressive voice, impose a significant penalty, impose an independent compliance monitor, and follow on criminal prosecutions against major individual violators. They should have acted with a bang. Instead, they closed out this case with a whimper. So don't kid yourself. DOJ is turning its focus and pulling back on FCPA enforcement. At the same time, they're getting ready to ramp up sanctions enforcement. 
So this is definitely an interesting time to look at your risk profile and what you may face in the coming years. Now, the other important lesson out of this was how the SEC dug into third-party controls. The SEC's steady enforcement record in 2023 and continuing into 2024 stands in contrast to DOJ's wavering approach. And the SEC has continued to generate cases against companies, but has not had many individual enforcement actions, in fact, none over the last two years. The SAP case, however, reflects from the SEC an aggressive push into holding companies accountable for violating their internal controls applicable to third-party risk management. The SEC's approach demonstrates a more aggressive application of internal control enforcement. It outlines the SAP's internal procedures for engagement of third parties, including a requirement to conduct due diligence to assess risk and ensure that a third party had no relations to an SAP customer or potential customer, and that the third party was not a government official, government employee, political party official or candidate, or officer employee of any public and international organization. In addition, with respect to this, all sales commission contracts had to be in writing and clearly define the services to be provided and the related business and payment terms. As explained by the SEC, SAP subsidiaries employees were required to use a model agreement that included standard commission rates and to follow a standardized internal approval process, which required the involvement and approval of the local legal department or compliance officer. The subsidiary's local managing director and its local chief financial officer. In cases where a third-party agreement required non-standard terms, regional management had to provide additional approvals. The policy documents explicitly state that they were put into place to ensure that no relationship with the third party would be used inappropriately influence a business decision or pay bribes to government officials. Unfortunately, as set out in all the details here, SAP around the globe repeatedly failed to follow these internal control requirements governing third parties. If a company is going to craft these internal controls, the company has to enforce those controls or face serious enforcement risks. SAP now stands as the poster child for this proposition. Finally, there was that reminder that I mentioned on gifts, hospitality, and travel. The SEC's enforcement action cited SAP for a number of bribery payments made in gifts, spending $3,000 when its gifts policy had a limit of $30 for gifts to foreign officials. In addition, an SAP employee took government officials on a $10,000 shopping spree and added a luxury watch for a foreign official. The SEC's calling out of these expenditures are important reminders on the importance of adhering to your gifts, entertainment, and travel policies. Well, that's it, folks. An interesting case. 2024 is going to be interesting for FCPA, sanctions enforcement, and overall government attempts, criminal enforcement against companies in the national security area. Thanks again, everybody, and we'll see you next week for another episode of Corruption, Crime, and Compliance. If you enjoyed this episode, the best way to support the show is by subscribing on your favorite listening platform. To learn more and connect with Michael Volkov, go to volkovlaw.com.